pardon the interruption, my name is Mark, and they call me the Podfather. Joe, we're over halfway through Pride Month. Do you feel any different? Hi, I'm Joey Corsizer, and I'm so gay, I can't even drive straight. <laughs> uh, tell the kids in the neighborhood they better watch out, Mark. <laughs> Good afternoon and happy Juneteenth. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Logically, the show where all we do is think logically. Today we're going to talk about betting on the Special Olympics, the FBI betting on an autistic child, and more. But first, speaking of children, we start with the children running this country. John Fetterman is a total man-child and can't read or speak at a third grade level. The man above him, our president, Joe Biden, can't walk as well as your average toddler. Yet somehow, someone thought it would be a great idea to have the two of them together on stage in Pennsylvania. Reality. Roll the tape, please. I'm standing next to the president again, next to a collapsed bridge here. And he is here to commit to work with the governor and the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick as well too this is a president that is committed to infrastructure yeah and then on top of that at the, the jewel uh kind of a uh, uh, law of the infraction uh bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this all across the america getting rebuilt oh he's totally fine just needs hearing aids and a computer with closed captioning will bond What's going on here? Another amazing clip from the gift that keeps on giving Senator John Fetterman. Uh, Joe, I mean, the look of bewilderment on the faces of those at this press conference, even Joe Biden looked like he was cringing while Fetterman was speaking. What are they thinking? And then he shows up with a hoodie in his, his standard gear, the hoodie and the cargo shorts, in the middle of, you know, in the middle of June. It's just, <laughs> it's just like they don't even care, you know? What are they doing? Who's making these decisions where they're rolling him out? They, like I said, they obviously don't care what he sounds like or how he's going to embarrass himself. But what do you think that's going through the mind of, like, Josh Shapiro, Bob Casey, for all intents and purposes, stand-up guys, quality politicians, if you're just defining a pol- what a politician is, what do you think they're thinking as they're watching all this? That's the first thing that came to mind. Look at Big John over here, stumbling through a one-minute-long sentence. They're thinking, hopefully this just airs on the whitehouse.gov website and nowhere else because this is embarrassing. If I was at least Josh Shapiro. Um, did, did, did you happen to hear the big guy? Well, not the big guy. The other big guy, John Fetterman, the day before? No. Why don't you play that clip for us? Reality, play the tape. Earlier today, some comments about uh, the uh, tragic uh, accident in uh, 995. And if you want to make any comments with respect to that, feel free or recognized uh, no I I, I uh, would, would just um, really like to you know the 95 95 95 you know, um, <laughs> you know obviously that you know you're pretty much preoccupied with, with 95 and I know I certainly am too and we know it's a major uh, Adery, not just for for Pennsylvania, but for the east the east coast, and a lot of Pennsylvanians are worried that the delays and repairs bring to its standstill deal. Uh, I'm reclaiming my time. Uh, it's like Mark Wilbon. Do you remember being in Mrs. Deppenhardt's math class and she asked you, "How did you get 95?" And you got to explain your work. What What are the prerequisites for being a U.S. senator? Clearly, not the completion of a cognitive exam. I again I I give it's amazing that they keep granting these media requests for him you know 
they must have the mindset of like, we can't hide them. So um, we're going to, you know, we're just going to grant all these media requests. We're going to put them out there in public and just see how he does. It's amazing. It's truly amazing that this is our senator, that he represents the people of Pennsylvania. I, it, it, you're, you're literally like a loss for words sometimes. I mean, there, what else can you say? I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable. And again, I will say I feel bad for him that he's in this condition. <laughs> this is, it, it's, I mean, we laugh, but it's, it's sad at the same time. Number one, just because of his whole persona. But number two, the, the fact that he has his condition now from this stroke. But he's the senator. He's the United States senator. He's going to have to endure five more years of this, at least. Amazing. But they keep right, putting well, from- out there. And again, I, I would just love to know what goes through Josh Shapiro's mind. What they're saying behind closed doors. You know, and Bob Casey. Amazing. Well, from the big guy without a brain in person, John Fetterman, to the big guy, I guess you could say on paper without a brain, um, Joe Biden, our president. Here he is speaking in front of a gun safety advocate convention. Um, and what he said at the end of his speech is rather interesting. All right. God save the queen. Man. And then goes the wrong direction, right direction, right direction. Okay. Hail God to the chief. save the queen, man. Hail to the chief. So this is from Mario Nawfall on Twitter. Um, Biden ends speech with God save the queen. Um, he makes four points. Queen Elizabeth died last year. There is no queen of England, no more, as the head of the monarchy is now King Charles III. He was speaking in front of gun safety advocates, so naturally everyone was left confused. And this clip is not taken out of context. Literally nobody knows why he actually said it. It's... it's Monday morning, and we haven't gotten, they haven't had a White House press conference yet. We haven't had the opportunity to ask Karine Jean-Pierre what exactly he meant by this. Or, and I'm going to play one more clip here. Riali, go ahead and hit it. This is Biden claiming that he's going to build a railroad that's going to span across not one, but apparently two oceans to India. We're going to end and we're going to help. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. We have plans to build in, 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 in Angola, one of the largest solar plants in the world. I could go on, but I'm not. I'm going off script. I'm going to get in trouble. Wilbon, is this possible? I love how he always admits that he, if he goes off script, he's going to get in trouble. <laughs> from who, who is he going to get in trouble from? He said it multiple times now. So <laughs> he must be getting reprimanded when he... When he, when he wraps up these things and when he's back in Air Force One. Joe, we told you, don't go off script. Um, it's bewilderment. It's bewilderment. I can't wait for the... Do you think someone will ask Kareem Jean-Pierre what he meant by God save the Queen, man? A- absolutely. It's, you'll get your same standard dance around question. Yeah. Where Joe, Joe Biden says, wait a minute, actually, I, 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 I sent... I sent this to you this morning, actually. I can't remember. I, I, I did not think to, to put it on the actual sheet here. But this is from, I think, what is it? Axios. This is from Axios last night. Biden's weird sayings. Even his aides are mystified, but why it matters. This is from the article. Biden's quirky effort. What the fuck is this word? I don't even know. Are sometimes weaponized by Republicans to insinuate the 80-year-old president is in mental decline. Oh, so we're weaponizing the things that he's saying. We have no idea what he means by. You know, Peter Ducey is going to ask this question to Karine Jean-Pierre, and she's going to go, look, uh, the president was just making a joke. You know, he didn't mean it literally. Um, so that's where we're at. That's what I, that, that will be her response. It's a bunch of malarkey. You know, that's all that it is. Look. Dog, dog face pony soldier, yeah. something, something, something. Yeah. Look, Peter. Um, just, I mean, <laughs> it's great. We have social media now. Um, I, I decry social media as one of the true evils in this world, but for something like this, when, the, when these, these clips are getting millions of views on Twitter, on Instagram and wherever else, 
it, it really sheds light on the mental incompetence of guys like Biden and, and and we'll call them the two big guys, Big John and Big Joe. So I think in this situation, it's good. People need to see this these things. Okay, moving on from the shit show that's in our federal government to the shit show that is actually now Major League Baseball. On Friday night, the Boo Birds came out for the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence at the L.A. Dodgers versus the San Francisco Giants game on Friday. And you can hear the audio here. Now, Mark, there's about three, maybe four dozen fans in the stadium. Can you explain why? Let's not forget. Um, well, this was this was an hour before first pitch, so they were being honored for the Community Hero Award. Right, let that sink in. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, something that's a group that mocks Catholics and Christianity, got honored for a Community Hero Award. Let's not forget. Let's remind all of our listeners out there. That the Los Angeles Dodgers invited them, uninvited them after receiving some pressure, and then re-invited them and then apologized to them for this. So they get honored for a Community Hero Award um, an hour before first pitch. So it looks like they were kind of buried, you know, they kind of kept them out of the way. Um, they, they could have done this a lot closer to the, to, to the first pitch, but it kept them, you know, like I said, buried a little bit. But... There were over, what did I read? Was it a 1,000 or 2,000? A couple thousand um, Catholic and Christian protesters who were protesting outside of Dodger Stadium. And they, apparently, from what I read, that were blocking like the entrance, one of the main entrances to, to Dodger Stadium so that cars couldn't get in. And um, probably one of the reasons, another reason why there was hardly anyone there an hour before first pitch. So... Good for these guys. You know, at least they're pushing back. Um, this fight against all the Dodgers in Major League Baseball still isn't over with. Um, believe me, no one's forgetting about this. And, um, you know, it was just good to see. You know, people push back. That's what we need to do. Push back. Fight back. Not roll down, roll over, and, and, and just let these, this stuff go on. So the more we do that, the quicker this, comes, this all comes to an end. Very good points. Very good points. And speaking of standing up for yourself and your rights and what you believe in. Next, on to the New York Metropolitans. Uh, the subway, at least. So, a man found fatally stabbed aboard New York City subway train at Union Square. This is over the weekend. And also, three women were injured in a series of subway slashings, and uh, New York Police Department officials say. And they released photos of the man luckily he's wearing a chin diaper of course across his chin mark gosh what do you think no one tried to intervene um i'm gonna say i can't pull some of these links up right now but uh i'm gonna say i don't know i can't see the tweet okay well you remember that that strapping young marine that that tried to subdue that person and accidentally well we don't know if it was accidentally whatnot but the guy died he was arrested immediately a few days later. Yes, basically. and he's been indicted for um, second-degree manslaughter. Yeah, do you see why maybe no one might want to intervene if someone's being stabbed in front of them on a subway? So much for good Samaritans in New York City, at least under the grounds in the, in the, in the tunnels of the subway. No one is going to do anything ever again now. No one's going to intervene and, and try to stop these people now. Why would you if you're being charged with second-degree manslaughter? What? He was just trying to subdue this guy, and he died, and now he's charged with second-degree manslaughter. Unbelievable. And, and it's, almost, it's almost like a signal goes off to all the criminals that see this, that pay attention, that say, hey, they're going to arrest good Samaritans. Well, I guess I could just go on a stabbing spree, and if anyone tries to subdue me, they could be – they're just as guilty as I am. What's this say about Alvin Bragg, Joe? He's indicted Donald Trump, and now he's indicted a former Marine who accidentally killed a guy while making death threats on a subway. Uh, Alvin Brack. Speaking of, of 
the government and the men in charge, people like Alvin Bragg, you're not going to believe this next headline. My jaw hit the floor. The FBI caught grooming a mentally challenged child. I'm going to read it again. It's from the Gateway Pundit, I believe. No, The Intercept, I'm sorry. FBI groomed a 16-year-old with quote-unquote brain development issues to become a terrorist. And it says an undercover FBI agent befriended a teenager online, and when he turned 18, he was arrested for supporting ISIS. We've, we don't have enough time in the episode to just spend specifically on this story. It's from, I think, Friday it came out, Thursday or Friday. But, Mark, we've gone over this in numerous times with the FBI being having close ties to people that all of a sudden go out and commit mass shootings or terrorist activities. What is going on here? This is another one. And this is a mentally challenged person? Is this the same thing we saw with the crazy person that ended up being a white supremacist from Pakistan that tried to break the White House barrier and drive a U-Haul truck out of the White House? <laughs> I don't even know what to think of this stuff anymore, Joe. I mean, this is just one example that we found out about. I mean, just think about all the other cases like this that we don't know about that the FBI doesn't groom them, but the CIA does or some other agency. I mean, just think about, like I said before on this, on the show, think about the stuff that goes on that no one knows about that we don't have any idea about. This is just one example. It's insane. Absolutely. Defund, defund the FBI. And speaking of funds, casino funds, this next, this next headline, I, I had to make sure it was real. I, I had, it's not in America, I believe it's just in Germany, but this is, I believe, some, some casino in Germany be, bragging that they are proud to be the first sports book to offer betting odds on the Special Olympics. <laughs> no, 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 this can't be real. I think it, I think it is. <laughs> If there are two or more people engaged in a sanctioned competition, we want to offer odds on it. And the Special Olympics is no different. <laughs> Bet online. I'm staying I, away I mean, from this a, topic. <laughs> it's a it's a real it's a real website. This I I don't know how I don't know how anyone can condone this at all. First of all, bet, betting itself is kind of like sketch. But when you involve people like this, I mean who on their marketing team allowed this tweet to go out and should be fired immediately, today? Fire them today. I don't care what country it is. Oh. This, this is borderline sickening. Like, why would you gamble? Why would you put odds on people with special needs? That is so heinous and disgusting. That's all I have to say. I mean, this is something that literally, this is in Germany too. This is something I can, I can literally see the Nazis doing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ah, all right. And speaking of the Special Olympics, you could bet, you could bet Jerry Nadler, if you know who he is, you could bet Jerry Nadler belongs there. Uh, well, tell, reality, tell, our, tell our audience who Jerry Nadler is. Jerry Nadler is a Democrat. I believe he's a House member from New York. And yeah. he's very large, very old, and he can barely walk straight. He waddles. So here's the audio of Jerry Nadler at the congressional approving of major federal bills. Reality, roll the stick, please. It protects against transmission of the disease to the next person. And the healthcare worker certainly ought to be required to be vaccinated. And when we have a pandemic, like the COVID-19 pandemic that we had, two-year-olds should have been required to wear masks. It would be child abuse for parents not to do that because there was no vaccination available for two-year-olds. The only way to protect them. Okay, it's almost like someone put on his mask. He beat him up in the back room of the, of the house chambers and then and disguised himself as him and said just things that would just be so embarrassing. He said two-year-olds should be wearing masks, for those of you that, that, that may have missed that. Two-year-olds should have been wearing masks during the pandemic. And only because they couldn't be vaccinated in time. Yeah. A two-year-old. I don't think people understand, like, I, I, I don't have a two-year-old, but I, I understand it a little bit better having, like, a 10, 11-month-old. Imagine keeping a mask on a two-year-old. I don't think it's possible. Like, <laughs> it might not be. 
can probably assert, you know, they don't make N95s for two-year-olds, so they must be referring to a cloth mask. I, I mean, because surgical masks don't fit on two-year-olds either. And that won't even work in New York City because it's still, it's under just a fog of just orange. When did that, when did that go away, by the way? We've covered that last episode. We never, it just magically went away one day, huh? What's that, COVID or the masks? No, no, the orange glow that, that required people to wear masks for a different reason last weekend. Oh, oh, the orange glow, yeah. Um, yeah, that went away in like, yeah, last weekend. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, let's, play a, let's play another clip involving masks here. I, I, you, I know you hate when I do the mask thing. This is a, a two-minute clip, but it's a good one. This is, um, I don't know who the, the person is, but he's going after... Secretary Becerra about forcing two-year-olds to wear masks to save lives. Uh, Mr. Secretary, did forcing two-year-olds to wear masks save lives? I'm do what now? Did forcing two-year-olds to wear masks save lives? Making sure people wore masks when it was appropriate was essential to make sure that we were able to get out of this pandemic. Sure, but that wasn't my question. Could you answer the question that I asked? Which is? Did forcing two-year-olds to wear masks save and, lives? And who did the forcing? Well, this, your department, or the Head Start, which is under your department, had a mask mandate until late last year for two-year-olds and above, even outdoors. Uh, so can you point to any public health benefit of that policy? Right. We, we never forced anyone to do anything because we don't have the jurisdiction or authority to do that. What we did was provide guidance on what would Mr. Secretary, did Head Start have a mask mandate? We, we provide a mask mandate, a requirement for jurisdictions that wish to receive money provide particular services. So Head Start did have a mask mandate for kids, yes? We we had a mask mandate for uh, jurisdiction, I'm sorry, for agencies that wish to get federal dollars. So that's a yes. So services. can you point to any benefit, yes to any public question. health benefit from that policy, whether it was recommended or enforced or forced, of requiring young children to wear masks? Did families benefit from the policy of using all protection, all precautions to avoid uh, no, I'm not asking you to rephrase my question as some abstract question you'd rather answer. I'm asking that you, as the person who's the Secretary of Health and Human Services, right now, can you point to any evidence that there was a public health benefit to forcing young children to wear masks? Well, the fact that uh, today we are not losing lives the way we lost them when we first got into this pandemic. And you think that's because we forced two-year-olds to wear masks? That's your interpretation. What I'm saying to you is that using good policies that give us the precautions to keep uh, our families from contracting COVID are helping save I want to quote to you from an article from NPR in January of 2022. It says the United States is an outlier in recommending masks from the age of two years old. The World Health Organization does not recommend masks for children under age five, or the European equivalent of the CDC doesn't recommend them for children under age 12. In retrospect, was it a mistake for the United States to defy the international norm on child masking? The U.S. has been working closely with our international partners, and we have done more than any other country. To try but that's to not what I asked you. I asked you, was it a mistake to defy the international norm on the issue of child masking? We continue to use all the best practices when it comes to making sure people take the precautions. Is there a reason you're not answering my question, Mr. Secretary? I'm, I'm answering the question the best, the best I can because you keep phrasing questions that are already geared to get a particular answer. Okay, I believe that's the uh, purpose of questions. But I mean, they will do. I mean, that that actually kind of gives me anxiety listening to that because they will do anything but admit that they were wrong. I mean, they they literally cannot. They literally cannot admit they were wrong about literally anything. You will never hear them say that was wrong. We should not have done that. If we have clips of that. Please email us and let us know where you've heard someone admit that they were wrong about that. Thinkinglogicallypodcast at gmail.com. That's a great point. And you have to wonder the reasoning why they're not admitting they're wrong. Is it because they genuinely thought that stuff at the time? Or they were told to say that stuff repeatedly over and over to fit an agenda or to advance an agenda or a narrative? Holy That's the age-old question. We'll, we'll never get that answer. We'll never get that answer. Hey, it's unbelievable. I mean, they just they refuse. It's truly amazing. Uh, but we can't spend we can't spend any more time on masks and COVID. I'm sorry. Let's let's move on to the Green New Deal happening right now in of all places, Ukraine. Ukraine. So this is a headline I don't even know where. 
Microchips from destroyed German tanks will be used in dishwashers and washing machines in Russia. Well, look at that recycling going on, Mark. <laughs> recycling microchips. I can't read the tweet again, but um, what 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 is what are they using these for? Um, literally, so like when I bought our car, um, it comes with these these chips, these microchips, whatever, for like move your seat, everything. Just they need to be used, and there there was a shortage a while ago. I don't know what the status is now, but I guess some of these chips that that are in German tanks are going to be used to make dishwashers and washing machines in Russia. Great. So at least they're recycling, I guess. But I thought I thought the leopard tanks in, in the tanks that we sent to Ukraine, I thought that was supposed to stem the tide and, and turn it around. What, what's happening? We don't know. How much more money do you think they need? I, I, I keep waiting for a breakthrough here to happen. We're not getting it. Um, it just seems like the perception here is, and maybe the information we're getting is that, um, who, like, what, what's going on over there right now? I mean, is Russia advancing? Are they taking large parts of Ukraine other than the Donbass region? Is Ukraine fighting back? Um, are they defending themselves with the anti-missile defense? Honestly, like, I haven't really kept up with this because I just don't care to anymore at this point. But what's going on? Where is this, um, the counteroffensive? For our listeners, the, the, best, the best answer I could give is picture, picture you're a good German and you're trying to wander around. Hey, what's going on in Stalingrad right now? How are we doing over there in Stalingrad? And then instead of one Joseph Goebbels, you have about 15 and they're all on television telling you how it's going. <laughs> I could probably assume, safely assume that Ukraine is not, they're just kind of, Barely hanging on by a thread, if you're asking me. Uh, but, again, just another day without any peace talks or anything like that. It's just another day of, you know, sending more aid packages over there. Um, we just saw another one a few days ago. Not, not that long ago. Maybe, what, less than two weeks ago? The United States announced another aid package for Ukraine with more weapons. 100 billion. Was it 100 million? In weapons on a hard billion. 100 million dollars in weapons. Fuck it. It's Dr. Evil numbers. Yeah. At this point. Uh, when, are we, when, when did this happen here? Well, at least six days ago. I'm looking up U.S. Uh, deal to Ukraine. Uh, but did find this six days ago. Uh, Ukraine and Russia agreed to extend Black Sea grain deal. So that's good. Here's, here's the problem that's going to eventually plague the West, Ukraine, and, and the West, too. And this is how Russia runs every war, World War II, uh, when they were fighting against Napoleon. Go back and back and back. Anyone that fights Russia, it ends up being a manpower issue for the opponent of Russia. Because Russia uses its intense, overwhelming size of its army or its land to just wrap up the, other, the opponent. What's going to happen is you're eventually going to run out of Ukrainians before you run out of Russians. And that is a strategy... That I, I, I thought like this administration and the Democrats like were, were for we, we just left a pandemic where every live mattered. You're telling me you can't come to the peace table. It's no one. No one talks about it. No, no the only one. And, and, you know, I've been critical of, of the Pope in the Vatican heavily on this podcast, but they're literally the only ones I've, I've heard about not counting China couple months ago that are trying to work set up back channels or or not even back channels just set up a peace deal and peace talks to end this thing but the united states obviously has no appetite for that because i've heard from time and time again lindsey graham republicans lindsey graham nikki haley that ukraine must win this war like are they stupid or do they do they think this is really going to happen that ukraine's really going to win this or are they just saying that? Uh, they're, they're, they're just saying it, but why? why? Why risk your whole career from the military to the people on television to this people in this administration? It's because of the next topic we're going to get into. Joe Biden and his son and all these people's links to guess which country? Ukraine! I mean, they're being, it's, it's pretty clear at this point something 
something's up here. We've never been this. Oh, wait, actually, I can't say that. We have been generous to numerous countries for dumb reasons. But I mean, they are just throwing it in your face. A hundred billion, like, like it's nothing gets sent over there. It, it, it's like they have a, a, a gun in the ribs of, of this administration. I yeah. don't know. It's all very weird. But we can all connect the dots and tie them back to the Biden crime family and Victoria Newland. Yes, yes. Wherever she goes, yeah. bad things follow. Do you think do you think do you think Trump will, will will end the war in 24 hours as he said if he's elected president? It almost makes you okay, so how how would he do that? Let's be honest. How? There would have to be and now, well, you just blew my mind because I, I'm thinking of the classified documents that supposedly he has, and those leak back to the Biden and, and Russia and stuff like that. Unless he could like show, hey, this whole war is because is going on and is continuing on because Ukraine is a very crooked country, and they've been paying off our politicians, or there's something's going on there. That's that's the only way I could think where it could be solved in 24 hours if you just expose something criminally going on that's the reason behind it do you see what i'm saying yeah kind of but i I don't know i don't know what that would do you know i don't know how that would end i don't know how that would end the war um it would put like everyone's attention on it and i think at that point though i guess you make a good point it's out in the open they they don't care now who's to say they would care then that's my point yeah they they don't care um they don't care so so how is he going and i I hope he does i'm not saying i hope he doesn't i hope he does i just don't know how he's going to going to go about that you know um it's not like you're going to go and say all right stop fighting you know let's let's get a peace deal done in, in 24 hours that's like it's not cut realistic. out the malarkey it's not realistic maybe it is but cut out the malarkey yeah. it's, it's over <laughs> oh man well maybe we'll get to see that happen maybe we won't who knows um, can you still not open up anything on Twitter? Because this next one, I have a nice thread here. And I cannot. Sure. No, not not where I'm at right now. That is a shame because this next one leads in. This is the Biden tapes. Um, it's a thread from Hans Munkle, I believe. And he has a bunch of tweets here. The one he says, Poroshenko is the Ukrainian president who Biden extorted. Right after Trump won in 2016, a Poroshenko aide offered to give Department of Justice incriminating information about Biden's call with Poroshenko. As fate would have it, the aide's info went to Weissman, who probably buried, buried it all. And he's referring to Andrew Weissman, who was um, basically Robert Mueller's number two in the Russiagate probe, if you remember, from 2017 to I think it was early 2019 it lasted until. Correct. Um, and that is just flipping weird because didn't we also mention a few episodes ago that there was a report that Robert Mueller actually had early signs of dementia when he was appointed? Correct. That would make this guy, Andrew Weissman, the de facto number one in that probe. But let's, let's move on to the next tweet here from Hans. If you thought that was bad, here's the real shocker. Shortly after Poroshenko's aide blew the whistle, Poroshenko asked Biden whether the aide was now cooperating with the FBI. Incredibly, Biden assured Poroshenko that the FBI wasn't pursuing it. How'd Biden, how would Biden have known? He makes a great point, and I'm going to play the tape. Uh, if, if it is true that the FBI is working with him, uh, at least I want to know that. No, no, they are not. I told you the, the FBI concluded he had nothing, and they stopped. Uh, that was it. There's no reason to talk to him again. Okay. I, I will check that and confirm that with you. He's gonna, and also he says, I will check that and confirm that with you. So, did he check and confirm? I'd love to know, but it makes a great point. How did Joe Biden, at that point in time, who has claimed on numerous times that he never gets involved in the DOJ or FBI business, how would he have known they weren't pursuing Poroshenko? Mark, could you think of any reason how? It's a great question. I have no idea. I don't think anyone has an idea. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, what? I'm glad you explained who Poroshenko was. I know we mentioned Poroshenko last episode. We really didn't explain who Poroshenko was, but he was the president at the time 
uh, when during the of Ukraine during the Obama administration. Is that correct? Yes. So, yeah. So he's the one that fired the prosecutor looking into the uh, the Burisma deal. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Correct. And we think Biden probably either blackmailed him or coerced him or took a bribe or something like that, which is, I think, that $5 million payoff comes back to that. Interesting. Um, I'm trying to think what else Han says here. Oh, there's an official readout, but strangely, the official readout of Biden's call with Poroshenko doesn't mention anything about Biden's assurances that the FBI won't pursue the whistleblower complaint. And it's from the White House, December 19th, 2016, which... If, if you know dates, that would have been after the 2016 election, after Trump was elected president. So what they're trying to do is undermine an incoming administration at mm-hmm. minimum, minimum here. I'm sure Tucker's next episode should go into this. This is what the next one should be completely focused on. Yeah. Speaking of Tucker, glad you brought this that up. This is a very episode, good thread, very good thread. Yeah, episode three dropped a few days ago. Just an absolutely brilliant 13 minutes. If you haven't seen it yet, go on Twitter. Go on uh, Tucker Carlson's Twitter and watch his episode three. I mean, you will be, you'll be like, wow. You know, some of the points he brings up about the the wannabe dictator, the dictator in chief is, is unbelievable. So I would encourage everyone after they're listening to this to go on to uh, Tucker Carlson's Twitter and uh, and watch episode three. Watch all three. Watch every one. They're all, yeah. they're all good. And, and and what's nice is they're only there's no commercials. They're only like ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Moving on. We don't really have any Trump update from uh, his legal issues, but we do have something from Nara. Um, this is from Benjamin Weingarten on Twitter. He says, Sonara didn't assist Trump's team in archiving documents during the transition, unlike it did for five other prior presidents. Then made a criminal referral over the documents. It didn't assist in archiving. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know the legality behind this, but it also should be noted there was only, I think I, I could be off on the number. It's not a big number. I want to say it's 120 documents that are classified. And supposedly... And this isn't always true because one classified document could be a thousand pages, but supposedly they could fit in a briefcase. Now, yeah. how does that explain all the pictures we're seeing of the bathroom and stuff? Like, I, I don't know. So clearly there's a narrative going on behind this. Um, this is something we're just going to have to stay, try to stay ahead of. I saw something the other day that said that there are over one billion classified documents that exist. That did you see that? No, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yep. And, and and we taxpayers can only know a small percentage. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I, I told you the other day, um, Jack Posobiec mentioned uh, same thing you did, talking about his trial in in Florida. Are they trying to get that moved to? Yes, and, and guess guess New who Jersey? is. That's a good point, and I believe the person behind it is none other than Andrew Weissman. Andrew Weissman. I saw him on MSNBC or CNN, and that th- he was saying they need to get the trial moved because of the judge. Yeah. So, so Jack Posobiec mentioned the same thing you did um, on this podcast about how the Cubans and Hispanics in Dade County love Donald Trump. So... He said, all you need is one of those people to get on this jury, which, you know, if we think this is fixed like it, like, like, like we, we, or if it's fixed like we think it is, then that won't happen. But if it does, all you need is one of those Hispanics that support Trump to get on the jury and, and you know, acquit him of whatever this is. Only takes one. And that, that is the best point anyone can make. And, and they know that. That's, that's why they'll try to get it moved. And we've said before on this podcast, this one, it's just like the New York one. It doesn't matter. There's one in Georgia. That ain't going to matter either in the end. It's the one that's coming for January 6th in D.C. where you can't get a fair jury. That's the yeah. one you got to watch out for. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, you want to move on to another presidential candidate. RFK Jr. was on Rogan, and we're not going to play a lot of clips from that. Instead, what we're going to focus on was what happened after. So RFK Jr. was on Rogan talking about, obviously, vaccines. And, and you know, he is definitely not a big vaccine guy. And Dr. Peter, is it Hoditz? I believe so, yes. Dr. Peter Hoditz was Mm -hmm. on Joe Rogan about a year or two ago. And obviously, he's pro-vaccine. Yes. So all of a sudden on Twitter, I believe it was on Saturday, um, Professor Peter Hoditz tweeted, I think it was just a regular tweet that wasn't tagged Joe Rogan in it. Spotify has stopped even some, even sort of trying to stem Joe Rogan's vaccine misinformation. It's really, truly, it's really true, just awful. And from all the online attacks I'm receiving after this absurd podcast, it's clear. May, many actually believe this nonsense. So Joe Rogan replied, Peter, if you claim what RFK Jr. is saying is misinformation, I am offering you $100,000 to the charity of your choice if you're willing to debate him on my show with no time limit. And RFK Jr. Sorry for that brief interruption. Children go right after the red button on our phone and devices and hit hang up. But RFK Jr. responded to Joe Rogan immediately and said, Peter, let's finally have the respectful, congenial, and informative debate that the American people deserve. And from there, on Twitter, things started spiraling out of control and into real life eventually, which we'll get to that later. So Professor Peter (laughs) said, Joe, you have my cell, my email. I'm always willing to speak with you. Joe Rogan responded, this is a non-answer. I challenged you publicly because you publicly quote tweeted and agreed with that dog shit vice article. If you're really serious about what you stand for and you now have a massive opportunity for a debate that will reach the largest audience a discussion like this has ever had. If you think someone else is better qualified, suggest that person. Uh, And it got better from there. Where are we at in the thread here? Um, so P- Professor Peter Hoditz responded, Joe, if you are serious about addressing vaccines, plus the fact that 200,000 unvaccinated Americans needlessly perish during our awful Delta slash BA.1 COVID waves, including 40,000 in our state of Texas, because they fell victims to vaccine dis- disinformation, I want to have that discussion. Um, and we're going to see. It, 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 it gets worse. It's going to eventually go into the real world. Watch at the end. So after that, Joe Rogan said, again, I'm going to ask you very clearly, are you willing to debate Robert Kennedy Jr. on my podcast? Yes or no? And did we get an answer yet? I don't think so. I could be wrong, but later on in the day, Professor Peter Hoditz tweeted out, Ugh, uh, a picture of himself in a sombrero or something. Ugh, I, was, I just was stalked in front of my home by a couple of anti-vaxxers taunting me to debate RFK Jr. Of course, I was looking my Sunday's best in our brutal heat wave. What is it with people? Well, at least Houstonians know I support the team. And he has a Texans. Texan shirt on. But let's play the video or the audio at least from the video of someone actually confronting him literally hours after this this Twitter discussion went on. Reality, can we play the audio please? Oh, are you Peter Hotez? Hotez. Hey. Nice to meet you. Hey. So why are you not like going to debate uh, RFK on Joe Rogan's podcast? Oh, come on. That's harassing. I'm just just curious. What? No, no, nothing hostile. I'm just curious. I haven't said anything one way or the other. I mean, are you planning on doing it? Uh, you know, I just, you just invited me, so we'll see. And I think you should, though. Uh, well, we'll give it some, we'll give it some time. Okay. okay. And what do you have to say to people who think they're vaccine injured? Uh, come on. Anything for them? I don't come to my house. I mean, do you have anything to say to people that think? Do you have anything to say to people? Yeah. I mean, do you think vaccine injuries are real, Peter? Peter, it's just a question. Settle the science now. On a safari to go vaccinate more kids, <laughs> and then he goes back in his house. I don't, I don't condone any of that, but I mean, 
I don't think that's harassment. It's harassment when he goes up to the gate part of the door. I I, I, I guess maybe, but if he's on the street, why why can't you say that? Anyway, let's let's not let's remind our listeners. This is from Natalie Winters, and this is on the National Pulse. Um, Dr. Peter Hoodis also wanted to make it a federal hate crime to criticize Dr. Fauci during COVID-19. In the paper where he advocates for this, he compares his critics to supporters of Nazism under Hitler, Hitler, fascism under Mussolini, and Marxism and Leninism. This is this is what they, these people, instead of debating, they they use this, this 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 is a shield to hide behind. What's so wrong about having a debate on Joe Rogan's podcast? I mean, it, it, again, if you were to debate, is the moon made out of cheese versus not? Is that dangerous? No. But for some reason, debating are vaccines safe and effective, starting with the COVID-19 vaccine, versus are they not? With a scientist versus a presidential candidate, that should be easy and easy. Let's, let's hear that. What are you afraid of? By the way, and then, Mark, you could say whatever. Where's Dr. Fauci, and why are we talking about this nerd? <laughs> right. That's what I was confused on. Like, who is this Peter Hodes? I think because he was coming at Joe Rogan um, from the interview with, with Bobby Kennedy Jr. I think he was very critical of that and the critical of the topic they were, they were discussing on the podcast. So I think that's where that, all that stemmed from. But um, I listened to the first hour and a half of that podcast, like this morning and over the last couple of days. I'm about halfway through. And I would encourage everyone to listen to this. It's about, what is it, about three hours long, the podcast? But it's well worth listening. And everyone should listen to what Bobby Kennedy has to say on Joe Rogan. But aside from the vaccines uh, that they talked about for the first, like, hour, Kennedy then goes into um, genetically, not I wouldn't say genetically modified uh, corn. We'll call it genetically modified corn that they created that um, goes back, ties into Monsanto and some of the pesticides they use on corn. So he was talking about how they literally, a plane would fly over a cornfield and then spray the entire cornfield with uh, Roundup that eliminates all weeds because the corn has been genetically modified to be resistant to that. I mean, so think about that. Think about that. They, they're just spraying pesticides all over corn and soybeans. That's what genetically modified, you know, organisms and vegetables are. So they can be resistant to pesticides. So you can just blanketly spray all of these vegetables with all these chemicals. When you find things like USDA organic, I think that is when they're not obviously modified. And that's when they're not sprayed with all, the, all these chemicals. And additionally, on top of that, Kennedy also mentioned the radiation your cell phone gives off and Wi-Fi. And he said that, you know, he kind of verified something that I use, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And that is literally never having your cell phone like on your person. You know, um, if you're talking on the cell phone, you know, use speakerphone, never hold it up to your ear, never carry it, put it on, in, on your chest, in your pocket, in your back pocket. Um, I know sometimes that's unavoidable, but for the most part, like say when I'm, you know, somewhere where I'm sitting down, maybe at a restaurant or um, somewhere I have my phone on me, I always take it out of my pocket and set it next to me. He said, never put a cell phone by your head when you're sleeping. Um, you know, never put it next to you because of the radiation. He also talked about the radiation Wi-Fi gives off in places like your home. Um, scary, but almost unavoidable at this point. So those are some of the topics he goes into. It's extremely interesting. I think it's worth a listen. They were literally fact-checking him as he was talking on the podcast. One of Rogan's, I guess, producers or whoever else was literally pulling up articles, verifying and confirming some of the stuff Kennedy was talking about on this podcast. So if you haven't listened to it, Joe, that's why I asked you to listen to it this morning. You said you heard clips. Joe, you need to listen to the whole thing. You scare me because the first thing I think of, and I, I like, I, I never thought this was like a real illness until I actually watched the show Better Call Saul, was his brother that 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 has that that fear of electronics where they just make him like sick and he has to like have like them blankets over him and literally like tinfoil hats and mm-hmm. stuff. So it makes you wonder, 
if it's if, if Hollywood put it in a show or movie, there's a chance that it might be legit. It yeah. makes you wonder, is that is that true? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, there are studies. I mean, that that's just in addition to the vaccines. Um you know, that were that he talked about for the first hour. Like giving a brand new infant fresh out of the womb, hepatitis B vaccine. You know? Um as if the infant's a sexual deviant or is going to get tattooed. Yeah, or, you know, yeah, so things like that. But he just makes great points, and I don't want to go into the whole vaccine debate. You could t- hear that on the podcast. You can li- um, look up Candace Owens' um, Twitter feed from the other day. She goes into vaccines. But, you know, we've talked about this privately about our kids. And, you know, you're almost put in a, in a, in a box in a way. Because if you want to send your kids to school, I mean, what do you do? I mean, unless you want to homeschool them. I don't know if private schools require the same vaccinations as public schools do, but that really is not an option for us. You know, we never really considered sending our, our child to a private school. We live in a, see, she's talking right now about since we live in a, a quality school district, but, you know, you're kind of put in a box as a parent. You know, if you don't want to vaccinate your children, what do you do? What are your options? So maybe you guys know more about this than I do, but. Um, Pennsylvania is one of the better states. Pennsylvania is one of the better states because there are, um, uh, what's the word I want to use? Um, ways to get out of it, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Well, again, it's highly interesting. Um, you know, I don't know if I could ever talk my wife into not vaccinating a second child if we were to have one. Um, since she works in the medical field and she's, you know, I don't want to go into that. You know, some of our things we, we talk about privately, but um you know, you just have to go with an open mind, basically, is, is the point I'm trying to make here. And, and listen to what these guys have to say and make your own decisions. Two, two things. Number one, I did – I can't remember if it was Robert Kennedy Jr. about the vaccines, but someone suggested that they cause stuff like eggs – not like life-threatening issues necessarily, but stuff like eczema and allergies, which, which I, I mean, I could hop on board with in, in believing that. And then number two, about the GMOs and the food in the spring with Monsanto – Genetically altering the food to be able to like to have pesticides sprayed on them that actually sounded like a not a bad idea to me 20 years ago. Now it just sounds freaking dumb, very dumb. And number two, Monsanto was good and fine until one day it wasn't. Remember, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we can sit here and talk about we've, we've we're not that old, right? <laughs> and and you know, none of these things existed when we were growing up, and even you know, a little bit in, in our college years. You know, um, well, we could go through a host of things, autism, uh, gluten allergies, uh, nut allergies. Where do all these things come from? I mean, you literally have to ask yourself. That's the problem. Not enough people ask questions about this or, or, or you know, just act out of sheer curiosity and just accept it as, oh, well, yeah, he has a nut allergy or he has a shellfish allergy or a gluten allergy or autism. I mean, how many, how many older adults, we'll say 55 or older, do you know that, that are autistic? I can, I can name one, and I'll, I'll give you a phrase, and you'll know what I'm talking about. I Greek, 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 German, Irish. Yeah, well, yeah, I thought you were going to say Vince Montini, but... Um, okay, okay, so maybe... But he's not... Vince is... I guess Vince is kind of old now, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so maybe less than five, let's say, right? So you have to ask yourself, where do they, how do these things happen? It's interesting. It is. It's very interesting. And, and you know what? You never get an answer, but you get answers for everything else. But yeah. all the things that we don't need answers for, we get answers for. Yeah. That's, the, that's the power of big pharma and the money they spend. You can't question anything. Um, you're shot down as soon as you question something. Uh, you're, you're made to look incredulous if you were to ask a question about it. Um, and, you, and you're labeled as an anti-vaxxer, right-wing conspiracy theorist. And all the other labels they give you if you try to ask a question about this topic. Yes, 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 yes. You will yep. be canceled. They have all the money. They can do what they please with it. So. Yep. All right. Do we need to wrap up here soon? I know you have to get going here at some point. Yeah, I got about 10 more minutes. We could go into okay. this. We, we have to cover this RFK Biden article from CNN. Just the headline by itself. RFK Jr. has a big primary problem. Democrats like Joe Biden. I think they're, they're, not, they're saying Democrats actually like, like they enjoy Joe Biden. Not Democrats like Joe Biden, because I don't think there are any Democrats like Joe Biden. They're all dead. It's amazing. 
this is how they're pushing. Like, this is how they're going to try to push Biden over the, the finish line. I, I don't think it's going to work. There's no way. There's no way you're going to get out without debates. They're going to have to pick someone besides Biden if they, if they don't want RFK Jr. He's going to get over 25%. Watch. Watch. Yeah. Um, and that goes back to what we said before. I mean, how does – we saw what the DNC did to, to Bernie Sanders, right? Do you think they're going to let Robert Kennedy Jr. anywhere near the nomination for the Democratic uh, for the Democratic uh, for, for for president? I just don't see how it happens. You know, now they said I read this morning related to this, Joe, that, you know, how they switched South Carolina to be the, the, the first state to have a primary. Yes. And, and for people listening uh, explain to our listeners why they did that, Joe. Why they switched it from South Carolina, or I'm sorry, New Hampshire and Iowa to South Carolina. Why did they do that, Joe? Um, is he James Clyburn? Is that is that the name of the actual politician that's down there? That James I'll- Clyburn, yes. Okay, so that's Joe Biden's boy. And if you remember, Joe Biden finished in fifth or sixth in Iowa and then finished so bad in New Hampshire, I think it was either maybe one spot better or one spot worse. We'll just say fifth in New Hampshire. It was so bad that he left in the middle of the night and then all of a sudden, the South Carolina primary came along, and then all the Deep South primary, Super Tuesday, and Joe Biden somehow, who finished in like fifth and sixth in, in the other two races, finished in first place. Yeah. First place, and, and by a decent amount. So it makes you wonder how he did it. I don't know, but for some reason, they want to go back there again. And yeah. I, I don't know how – Joe Biden has no real base. He has no base, so – Right. I don't know so, why they really want to go back there aside from that's 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 all they have. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So James Clyburn, as you mentioned, very powerful politician in South Carolina. He has a lot of influence, especially over the African-American um, voting demographic there in South Carolina. So it's all but a lock that Joe Biden will win South Car- or South Carolina. Right. So let's have him first and get them. Let's have let's go have, have them go first. Let's get him some momentum going into the other primaries and whatnot, right? So that is why they moved South Carolina first. They just they just did this. What do you think people in New Hampshire and Iowa are saying? So they said that Iowa and New Hampshire could actually hold their primaries before South Carolina and that Joe Biden might not even get on the ballot in those states intentionally because of what they did, how they might subvert, if you want to use that word, South Carolina. So you could have Iowa and South or Iowa, New Hampshire still have their primary before South Carolina at the opposition of the DNC. And you could have Kennedy win those two states. Um, you know, and, and get off and get off to it, you know, a little bit of a lead. So that is what you might have happen. So but but back to my point, I, you know, it's gonna be an uphill climb for him. Um well, obviously, we know the CIA assassinated his uncle. Um, his father was assassinated. So this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. It's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a fun summer, to quote, to quote Goodfellas. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, what else we got? I got one more here, and then I, we don't have time for, for Disclose. You could... Uh... We have one more here, and then you could say your goodbyes to our audience, let them know where you're going to be for the next week. But this is uh, this is from the National File. FBI asks judge to delay Seth Rick laptop release for 66 years. And if you remember, uh, Seth Rick was the DNC. Was he just an aide that was shot in the back in a supposedly botched robbery in Washington, D.C.? Um, I'm going to give you a spoiler here. So... That DNC leak or that DNC hack that happened in 2016. Yes. That wasn't that wasn't a hack. That DNC hack was a leak. But the leak was probably from Seth Rich. It's leaked at the WikiLeaks, and he was killed in Washington, DC by two MS13 gang members. That's what my sources tell me. That's what my research has brought me to. So that's a little bit you're gonna be well ahead of the story on that one. Remember, in 2016, it wasn't a hack from Russia. It was a leak from Seth Rick to WikiLeaks, and he was killed um, as a result. Yep. Um, and we know he was part tied into the Clinton universe somehow. And yes. 
and whatever. So um, I think he was just what walking home. Yeah, and they and they want to delay this this laptop release for sixty six years, just like with the COVID stuff. But they wanted to have seventy years. So you you'll be dead by the time it comes out. It'll be long forgotten, just like with Kennedy, like JFK Senior, John F Kennedy Jr., the president that was killed. Still haven't gotten them declassified yet. But. Right. So interesting stuff. All right, guys. Um, I will be out of the country for the next several days, so uh, you will hear, uh, you will not hear from uh, from me. Up until well, actually, you will hear from me on Thursday when we release our Thursday or Friday, whenever we release that uh, interview with Roman Kozak, chair of the Beaver County Republican Committee. We have an awesome interview with him. Awesome hour episode talk about all things um, Republican politics, conservatism, uh, the election. We really dive deep with Roman and he is a great interview. So uh, be sure to listen to that later on this week. Um, We're going to take a little summer break as well. We're going to come back with a week of the 4th of July and, uh, and start back up again. So God bless to all of you. Happy Father's Day uh, to everyone out there, all the dads listening. We're just two dads talking politics on this, on this podcast, guys. We thank all of you for listening, especially our listeners in Canada, Portugal, England, Norway, across the world, really, and across these United States of America. Joe, take us home. And we wish you well on your travels, Mark. Godspeed. This has been Thinking Logically. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs>